on this week's show, settling into a new club before the previous seasons even ended. We speak to Sheppey United's new signing, Helgo Roma, about his move to the Ites. Now, it's really exciting. I'm just glad football's back again. And is he Mr Dover? Matt has a competition with Richard Harvey to see just who loves the Whites the most. And I've loved every minute, to be honest. And Dover as a club have really taken me into their heart. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. It's D-Day for Bromley this weekend. There's been goals galore in the post-lockdown tournament and lots of signings are being made. So we've got plenty to chat about over the next hour. As always, I'm John Phipps on the line now back and speaking to me for the first time in three weeks is the man, the legend, the dog owner. It's Matt Gerrard. How the devil are you, mate? Well, I was all right last week. You've got a bloody social life, mate. I haven't got one. <laughs> You've got a gallivanting around pubs and whatever so you know Hody did a job I'm sure so uh, people will probably be thinking oh he's back but we better have to beat that again yeah um, um he didn't swear I did but Hody all right, didn't all right, so, oh, all right so yeah so yeah I'm, I'm good mate really so I'm quite glad the football season's coming to an end because I don't have to keep, I don't have to keep looking at my phone on a Saturday thinking hmm and how David would have got on but but fingers crossed for Bromley really I can I, I can guarantee you how David would have got on, mate they'd probably have lost they could they could be Two of their three victories could be against sides who could physically play at Wembley for the playoff final. <laughs> you you work that ratio out, we would stay up, finish fifteenth. Bang. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we should discuss that as we go along, I'm sure. Uh, it's our 172nd episode this week, and that is a number in the lazy caterer sequence, which apparently has something to do with pizza cutting, as well as being a, the model of a Cessna plane, apparently the most popular one. Have you ever flown in a in a small plane, Matt? I, I really don't fancy it, truth be told. My first ever flight was when I flew to Australia, so that was my wow. first ever flight. So, um, what would have gone, what would have happened if you'd been like two hours in, decided you really didn't like it? Uh, well, a long way off. But of course, back in the day, this was what ninety seven. They had those sort of computers behind the thing, so I was like, "Wow, look at this! It's better than my telly at home." So I got involved in that. So that was my first ever flight. No, I, I'm not one of these people who want to go wind walking or. Oof. loop the loop over the white cliff sort of things helicopters things like that don't fancy that either to be honest I, I've, I've got one of these things as well you know is it, is it classes for vertigo so if you're walking over something you have the urge to throw yourself off I've probably said that to you before haven't I I don't think that's vertigo I think that's something you should be talking to a professional about <laughs> no, mate, no, if no, you, no, no honestly honestly that's really concerning no, no is it vertigo if you feel is vert, what I think it's something. If you're walking up something, you go, "Whoa!" Yeah, I th- yeah, I think that is a form of it. I- I'm all right. I-, I don't love heights. I don't mind flying at all. Never have done. But I'm really funny. My, my thing with heights is, if I'm enclosed, I-, I can be as high as you want. If I'm outside, I don't like it. I went to up a building in Melbourne, a really tall one, uh, and on the inside bits, I was like, "Oh, look at these views! Aren't they beautiful?" Went outside, and it was all, um, you know, there was no way you could fall off. There was like railings and everything like that and and i just felt really funny i get that feeling in the well it's, it's almost in my balls i suppose you just feel really uneasy and like you just like, oh, i don't like it don't like it and yeah, i was the yeah. same at the empire state building as well so yeah i, was, I think if you got really high oh, i'm gonna throw myself off i'm gonna fall off or something like that i don't know if that is vertigo i don't actually know what vertigo is but i, I feel it's some sort of vertigo that you feel that like i'm gonna whoa well let's ask um, bono i'm sure he knows because he wrote a lovely song about it I bet you like you two as well, don't you? No. Oh, I did. Oh, so I thought you were you two. I did watch because I had my wisdom teeth out last week. Oh, lovely. Yeah, which is nice. So I watched three films in one afternoon when I was feeling sorry for myself on the sofa. Go on. 
Uh, one was the uh, Bobby Moore story. Right. I quite enjoyed that. One was Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, very good. Um, and the other one was Out and Jump. Oh, brilliant. Uh, well, I thought Bohemian Rhapsody was better than Out and Jump. Did you? We uh, we were the other way around, and I'm a massive Queen fan. Fact, I yeah, thought... yeah, I, I, yeah. It's a bit weird that Out and Jump one, but um, it was. Yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. So. Um, from that yeah quite good and i enjoyed the bobby moore one so um so i yes i was felt sorry for myself on the sofa after my wisdom teeth had gone out but um i'm fighting fit now and raring to go looking forward to well looking forward to chatting to you john because it's been a absolute pleasure what else has been happening um not a lot really no i've just been working here working working yeah working working. well yeah yeah so i'm glad glad business is business is booming is that that tennis tournament on it's on but it's different tickets so the people that normally would come aren't coming they're all coming next year but there will be people here for it so uh that's a positive so and of um, course i spoke your boys chelsea yeah big day on saturday do you hope they win well of course of course i do you know it'd be it'd be great to have covered the team who've won the champions league i quite well i i really hope man city given an absolute cane in well, no, no, I don't like, no, I don't like Chelsea, so but, no. they're on the list. But yes, <laughs> yes, enjoyed that. Well, yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to bother to watch it because I think, well, I, I quite like watching the foreign sides, watching Chelsea against Man City. I wouldn't watch it on if it was on BT Sport, so as on the Premier League. So why should I watch it in the Champions League? So. Well, we shall see. But Man City, all the pressures on Man City is my view on it, but we shall see how that all plays out. But before that, on Saturday, uh, there's something else going on because we've got to start with talking about the National League. We're going to start on the pitch, of course, where it's a big weekend for Bromley and their hopes of reaching the playoffs. It's as tight as your average VAR call in the battle for the final two spots in the top seven. And unfortunately, it is out of Bromley's hands. They sit ninth going into the final day. Having did their job, they won at all the shot on Saturday uh, and they are one of three teams on 66 points. Wrexham are in sixth with 67. Then come Chesterfield, Eastley and Bromley uh, with FC Halifax Town a point back on 65. Wrexham travels to Dagenham looking for a win to guarantee their spot. Well, Chesterfield's superior goal difference means a win will be enough for them. But their opponents are another side of the mix as they travel to Halifax, which means that all Eastley, who go to Solihull and Bromley, who host Notts County, can do is win and hope for some favours elsewhere. I suppose, Matt, the simple question is, will Bromley do it or is that just too much uh, uncontrollables for them? I'm trying to work it out. Notts County have been in good form recently, haven't they? So um, they're probably the form side going into it unbeaten in six. But then will they go hell for leather when they well, qualify for the playoffs? Will they be guaranteed? They'll probably they'll be guaranteed. Well, you'd have thought a point will guarantee them a home tie in the next round, Notts County, wouldn't it? So yeah, looking at that, so I would have thought Notts County all they need is a point. So it could be Bromley will go for it. Notts County might try and pick them off on the on the thing. Yeah, but fair play to Bromley. Yeah, you know it's a fantastic unbeaten in five, fantastic result against all the shots. Showed a little bit of fight. And, you know, we were critical of Andy Woodburn came on the show, um, but Neil Smith's done a good job this season for Bromley and so has Andy Woodburn. Good season for Bromley. And I know some people say, oh, little old Bromley, but they have got, you know, good backing. Um, so I think it's going to be tough because I think the other sides around them will probably win as well. So, um, but it'll be fantastic if they can get in there and try and emulate Sutton United and get promoted. 
Exactly, and I suppose whatever happens for, for Bromley, Andy Woodman has made a brilliant start. What, I think it's one defeat he's had since he took over. And what what a grounding for him. I mean, he's had to come in with Neil Smith's players and, and keep the momentum going, which he's done fantastically. And now he's going to get the chance, whatever happens on Saturday, he's going to get the chance to, to build a squad. And I think people are going to want to come and play for him. And I think Bromley will, even if they don't make it on Saturday, they will think that they will be there or thereabouts when next season comes around. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does with the squad next season. A lot of players, I think, signed sort of midway through this season and they to um, uh, to stay on for next year. So it'll be interesting to see what he's got in mind as well, what he wants to bring in himself. So I think Bromley will be one of the... Next season, depending who does go up, is going to be a really tough division. So this year will be good stead for Bromley. Um, if Bromley and Eastley don't get in the playoffs, it's going to be one of the big ex-league clubs who are saying sayonara to the National League. Um, so I would hope that either one or Eastley and Bromley can get in there and I, they can win it to put two fingers up to the ex-league clubs. I think that was the thing I was looking the other day thinking, wouldn't it be nice? Obviously, we've got Sutton who are going up and they're going to be first-time team in the Football League. Wouldn't it be nice if it was another one? But as you say, all those big league clubs there, and, and you, you kind of fear it's going to be one of those uh, that's going to get back into the into the Football Leagues. But we shall see what happens on Saturday. And it's all eyes on Hayes Lane, where there will be supporters as well. Uh, so absolutely fantastic for the fans to be back uh, watching their team. And, and hopefully, let's say, all Bromley can do is what they've got to do. And if they, if they win and don't make it, then... then that there's not they've got nothing to regret and can just rebuild under their new manager and see how things turn out, can't they? Yeah, yeah, I think um, if you're a Bromley fan, if you can get people in, that exciting times ahead, really. Yes, uh, off the pitch, National League had an EGM on Wednesday where a vote of no confidence in the board led by Maidstone United and Dorking Wanderers was put. Uh, according to non-league oracle Ollie Bayliss, 33 of the clubs in the league voted in favour of the vote, but that was nowhere near enough as none of the clubs in the National League Premier were in favour with two abstentions, uh, 16 in favour in the North, four against with two abstentions, and in the South, 17 in favour and four against. Uh, so in terms of the actual numbers, a complete 50-50 split, uh, 33 against 33, but as the North and South Leagues have just four votes per division. It didn't really matter. Uh, they really needed some of those <laughs> National League sides on side. But either way, the leagues have got to find some way of making it work for all 66 of their member clubs. Because as we've said a few times on this show, there's plenty of things they haven't handled very well over the past few years. Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for the the um, you know the extraordinary general meeting, no confidence in the board. When you know one of the big things they've got to change clearly must be the voting split. That seems absolutely farcical, doesn't it? That uh, on that basis. So, what will happen now? A new chairman, a new chairperson will come in and see what they can do to the league. But yeah, I think I do feel sorry. It seems a complete waste of time. You know, it doesn't. Cause I, I can see where the likes of Ash are coming from. But if they know that, how they need a lot more votes, and why are the national league sides, apart from the two abstentions, who don't know who they are? Why are they not voting for it? I, I've got no idea. Have you? No, not at all. I mean, there must be some <laughs> clubs there. Who, oh, it's very strange. <laughs> it, it, it's just a strange. Yeah, you know, maybe Oliver can let us know. What, 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 again, maybe it's just pointing out. Yet yeah, we're not happy with it. But why are the National League clubs happy? Surely that you know Dover. There might be. I don't know what Dover have voted, but. Um, well, like, they've either voted against it or they've abstained. It's, they've yeah, not yeah, voted yeah, yeah. in favour. Yeah, yeah, but it just, yeah. I, 
what 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 was the point of saying that they've got no confidence in the board? The board is going, so hopefully, hopefully it's just to sort of say, yeah, we're not happy with this. Let's come and sort this out. But it just seems a long, drawn-out process for this. I'm, got I'm, anywhere, I'm still voting for Matt Gerrard to be the new chairman of the National League. A lot of clubs would never last, mate. No. no. There'd be a lot of points deductions going around <laughs> next season, wouldn't there? A bit nasty to me. Yeah, you picked on me in a press box once. Minus eight points. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe it's just opened it up saying that maybe there needs to be a bit more transparency, and for, especially for the not the South and Northern clubs, because you've got to feel for them there, because the majority have said, you know, thing, but they have, the voting system with the, it does seem a little bit convoluted towards the Northern Leagues. That's not the right word, but, you know, a little bit weighed towards the uh, the main league. Mm, exactly. Away from Kenton, as we've mentioned, it's Sutton who've won the National League. Uh, well done to them. A rare club who I believe aren't on the Gerrard list. Uh, while news has also reached us today of Matt's favourite player joining one of the clubs who most certainly are on the list. Uh, Biggie the Effiong smashing 30 goals as Woking romps to the playoffs. It's going to be hard for those of us close to Matt Gerrard to take over the next 12 months. Yeah, well... I was right. I said Ira Jackson would score more league goals than uh, any F.E. Young, and I was spot on. So, uh, well, Woking are saying that the, the, the Messiah is back. So good luck. Good luck. You know, good luck to him. But um, it, Woking have gone full time and all these players, you know, you'd have thought they could probably maybe have got a little bit more exciting than Big Innie. But I know he did quite well in his first spell there. Well, and, and you know, he, he was a, a cult hero at Crabble. Yeah. You say, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd quite, I quite like. It. He's a willing runner. That's what I'll say. <laughs> a couple of quick lines from National League South. Thomas Angels announced the signing of Jerry Sullivan, better known as JJ uh, from Horsham. An experienced defender has also played uh, for South Park and Dorking Wanderers. Uh, Maidstone have announced the re-signing of five players from last year's squad as they too start to build for next year. And Ipswich United have signed uh, Christian Ngessen, midfielder formerly of Burnley, 22 years old, uh, but also been at Blackpool. Uh, and he's uh, he's signed on after playing a few times in the uh, f- a few friendlies while they've been playing on. So they're they're, they're straight in, aren't they, uh, Ebbsfleet? And and looking to build. And of all the clubs in the land, they are still the ones who are the most frustrated, aren't they? And there was even some reports, Matt, that they were trying to get back into the national league for next season. Did, did you see that? Yeah, well, I thought Dorking would have kicked off if that was the case, <laughs> didn't they? Really, <laughs> um, yeah, I did see that. Um, um... Yeah, I'm, I, I don't really. Yeah, I, I could see what they were trying to do, but yeah, I mean, we should clarify. It was a, it was a story that was in the uh, non-league paper over the weekend. Leipzig United revealed they were unsuccessful in convincing the FA Alliance Committee to reinstate them into the National League uh, following the relegation. They were hoping to claim a vacant spot. Um, they were relegated by the narrowest of margins, as we know, and they said we made representations to the league, given the unique circumstances led to our relegation, uh, and us being one of only two clubs in the UK pyramid who dropped into relegation. P- Position by points per game. We felt application of the rule was unfair, uh, was not only fair, but was uh, entirely reasonable. Uh, but unfortunately, it did not go anywhere. So uh, they are planning for life again in the National League South. But Christian and Gesson looks like a decent signing, doesn't he? His name it rings a bell somewhere. From There's a Danny and Gesson. Are you thinking yeah, of him? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I thought I thought his name was around and about Kentish. No, but Ebsfleet still playing matches. Um aren't they? So you have to say uh, they're working towards next season. They lost a few players. Bobby Joe Taylor went and somebody else went as well, didn't they, I think? Yeah, they've had a few comings and goings. That's a good opportunity for uh, for Dennis Gutrieve to build his own squad because he was a little bit hamstrung, I think, last year by what they had, wasn't he? Yeah, I think um, 
I think one of these things, if you strike while the iron's hot, you're in for a chance. Uh, talking of new signings, in fact, we'll take us to our first interview of the week. Sheppey United have made three early captures ahead of the new season and they are able to use the post-lockdown tournament to get them up to speed. Uh, one of the new boys is Helge Aroma and he played his part as the Ites beat Rochester United 5-0 on Tuesday night. And after the game, I caught up with the new man for his thoughts on that game and how he's settling into life at Sheppey. First of all, it's a perfect opportunity to start playing football again. Uh, it's been a long, long like break. So I'm just happy to be back playing football again. Um, the boys have been good, welcoming to me. So you know, like good, good, good bunch of boys, and yeah, man, they've been really welcoming. Obviously, tonight was a, a fairly routine five 0 win, but it was. It, it, I, di- I didn't think that when it was five 0 I didn't necessarily think that was a fair reflection. They certainly gave you a, a, a game at times. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's it is a, it's a football match at the end of the day. Like you have to earn the right to play and earn the right to win. So we did start a bit shaky again, like the first 10, 15 minutes, but. Once we got the first goal, I think after that it was quite routine. And um, obviously you've dropped down a, a level to come and play at Sheffield United. What, yeah. what appealed to you about about the Ites? Um, well, there's a lot to be fair. I mean, it's a. I feel like it's a family club. I mean, they've been really welcoming. I mean, from the times I played against them, I think about three, four years ago, um, it was a place where I thought it would be like they've got good fans, you know, like a good setup. But for me, like, when I spoke with Ernie and spoke with the chairman, like they want to win. And I, I feel like that's something that's part of me. Like I've always wanted to be successful, I always want to win. And I feel like that's something I want to do and help the club achieve what they want to achieve. This league is going to be quite something. A lot of people are saying it might be a two-horse race. And, and I guess you and Chatham are going to be the favourites at the start. How does yeah. that sort of tag sit with you, knowing that everyone else is going to want to beat you? Um, you kind of got to get used to it at the end of the day. I mean, like we are actually... We know what we want to achieve as a team and we know that we are actually quite lucky and privileged to be where we are as players. So we shouldn't, we can't take it for granted. So every game, I expect every team to want to come and want to beat us and want to show us up. So it is what it, it's what is expected of us, to be fair. we just got to deal with it. Uh, you played Chatham in this tournament on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, obviously a big game everyone's going to be looking forward to. And I guess, in some ways, that's a little marker towards next season, isn't it? Um, I mean, with the league, if I'm going to be really honest, yeah, like, we all enjoy the big games, you know, but the title ain't decided on one game and it's not decided on two games. It's about the other teams. Like, we've got to make sure we are consistent. So, we, like, yeah, it's all good us beating Chatham, but if we don't do it against the Rochesters, against the Punjabs, then there's no point. This tournament, obviously, you say it's great to be back playing football. How has it been the past 14 months as, as a footballer, as a semi-professional footballer? It's been difficult. It's been difficult. Like, in terms of, well, even mentally, it's been quite difficult. Um, it's kind of, you've got to change your whole kind of routine. So, like, especially, like, we wasn't even going to work as well. So, the most you can do is literally jog. And, like, as footballers, like, I know the majority of us, we don't really like jogging, you know. So, like, we always want to have a ball. And yeah, it was really tough. So when they did announce this pre, um, this pre, pre, or should I say, post-season tournament, we was absolutely chopping at it. Like we was really excited, and yeah, like as you can see that today with the result, the way we played at times, we're actually starting to get involved now, and that like, it's really exciting. I'm just glad football's back again. That's the big thing, isn't it? Football's back, but also yeah. you are gelling. And and when you when yeah. pre-season comes around in July, you're going to be so much better for these ten games, ten eleven games you've played now. Exactly, exactly. I thought it's, it's perfect for us. I mean, it's perfect preparation for the season and what we want to achieve. So. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time I've actually been involved in something like this as well. So it's really good preparation. We're just kind of now 
got to manage the minutes just to make sure that we are fit for the season and raring to go. So how's it work now? So you're going to finish this tournament well middle of June and then what's yeah. it going to be like a few weeks I off think, and then yeah, back a couple, to it? a couple of weeks off and then back into I don't know if we're going to be running I don't know or straight into games I think because I feel like we've we've been playing a lot so and I guess yeah. this is a unique situation isn't it? Exactly. Well, I mean, we've got everybody's everybody's adjusting, you know. So, like football, everything, just life in general won't be the same as it was before. So we just got to adjust, and it's, I thought the teams that adapt well, the best are the teams that are going to be successful next season. So we've and, got to make sure it's us. And just finally, you want to be successful, and, and even though this is just a post-lockdown tournament, yeah. you'd love to be have your hands on on the cup at the end of oh, it. Oh, 100 percent. Like we win, it's everything. Like whether whether it's a post-lockdown tournament, whether it's the league, whether it's a cup, we want it, we're out here to win everything. That's the mentality you've got to have. He's just glad to be back playing football, he says. But what a great chance to gel with your new teammates in a in a fairly competitive tournament before the season starts. Yeah, you enjoyed the, your game watching the game yesterday, then, John. Yeah, it was it was nice to get out. I mean, obviously, it was a, a fairly decent drive up there uh, that I took up to the game, and and the first fifteen twenty minutes was very entertaining. I mean, Sheppy raced into a five nil lead. It stayed five nil, uh, but they yeah they raced into into that lead and, and Rochester weren't that bad I didn't think in the first 15 minutes or so then Sheppy were showboating a little bit and bits and pieces and all that but it, it was a yeah it was a decent the second half a lot of substitutions Rochester came into it and Adam Malloy made a, a really good triple save it really looked like Rochester were going to score um, but yeah it was a, an entertaining evening out nice to see the work they've done at Chatham as well lovely terrace behind the goal uh, as I tweeted out, and I watched the first half from there, and also a beach bar with sand and everything all sat there in, in the corner just as you go in. So we're, we're going there in, in four weeks' time, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna take you to the beach bar. How about that? Oh well, we'll be Hawaiian shorts for that when we hand over the trophy for that. So yeah, oh yeah. Was it, what, what was it? Did you feel like it was a pre-season game? Did it have that feel? It did a little bit, yeah. I mean, the first, I, I think once Sheppy had gone 2-0 up, it was kind of like, well, we've won this. And there was a little, you know, there was a lot of flicks and tricks going on and, and bits and pieces like that. So it, it did kind of have that 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 feel about it, yeah. And, and it'd be interesting to see, obviously, Saturday is, is the big game in the tournament, the one that everyone's looking at, Chatham against Sheppy. And I'd imagine that one will probably have a completely different feel. Because as I said there to, to Helga, it, that is a chance to set a set stall out for next season. Lay down a marker. Whoever wins that game will go into next season full of confidence, won't they? Well, yeah, I think it's a big game. That's the game everybody's waiting to see. Um, those are the two sides that everybody thinks will be challenging at the top of the table. Uh, maybe you'll leave a little bit on the, you know, ready for next season. But I think the tournament's been quite successful. A lot of goals have been scored. So fair play for getting on. How many people were there, John, do you reckon? A couple of hundred, definitely. All right. And enjoy um, themselves. Yeah, I think it's thirty-six goals in in the in the six games so far, which is pretty impressive. Scaffoldesque. Uh, yes, it certainly is. Nice as it all fitting in. Um, so yeah, very interesting. And I was chatting to a few people. Saw uh, another Kent manager as well um, at, at the stadium. Just uh, briefly acknowledged him too. So it was a uh, yeah, interesting. And it was just it was just nice. You know, it was nice to be at a a non-league game, watching some some football. And, and yeah, I, I enjoyed myself. Uh, so that's the most important I've, thing. I've never been to Chatham's ground as well. So when we go there in a few weeks' time, it'll be the first time I've been there. So I'm looking forward Lovely. to it. Lovely. That will be very, very nice. Elsewhere on Tuesday night, it was goals galore for Punjab United. They went 8-0 at Lordswood. Uh, Lordswood and Rochester meet on Friday night before, as we said, the big one on Saturday. 3pm kickoff at the Beauville Stadium as Chatham hosts Sheppey United. Then on Tuesday, it's Lordswood against Chatham and Punjab against Rochester as the tournament continues. Uh, 
and it's been a, a great tournament so far and, and everyone seems to be enjoying it and that's the most important thing about it elsewhere in the scaffold there's a new boss at k sports uh, where barry morgan has taken charge and he will be assisted by darren Hare. Uh, on his appointment barry said they've had a great setup with you teams running all the way through the age groups the under 23s and first team really happy to come on board with a huge experience darren coming in to help me coach and manage the lads the committee here really wants to bring the youth through will be happy to oblige when they're ready and able another part of our remit will be to stabilize the team in the scaffold prem our knowledge and experience will help the club attract the experienced players we will need to do that obviously matt Barry, a man well-known around the area, his man Sheppey and Rochester and Herne Bay. But Darren Hare's assistant at that level looks like quite the coup for K-Sports. Yeah, I think he was worked for K-Sports, so he was linked with them before, wasn't he, in some sort of way. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think his, new, his day job sort of ended his time at Dover. So, yeah, he can spot a player. and I think he, he's a good coach and has a, the players have got a lot of time and respect for him So uh, at Dover's level. So, you know, I think they'll be really enjoying him at the uh, scaffold level, and I'm sure he can improve those players. Of course, K-Sports, where Dover used to train when, yeah. when Darren was manager, so it's, I'd imagine it's very handy for him that that, that he can be there. And, and, you know, Barry Morgan obviously know, knows the level as well. So K-Sports are, are a club who, you know, that a lot of clubs in the scaffold Premier Division next season are in a tough situation. What, what do you do? You've got two teams at the top who are going to be spending big, what's your priority? And I think it sounds like there, they want to start bringing the youngsters through and, and look to the future because after the next couple of seasons, the scaffold is going to be a wide open division again, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. 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 It's going to be such a good division next season with goals, goals, goals galore. And again, look, I'm still looking out. I'm sure other signings will come in before the time. So uh, I think uh, it's interesting times ahead. Yes, uh, interesting times ahead this weekend as well. The London Senior Trophy Final will be an all-scaffold Division 1 affair. After FC Elmstead came from behind to AFC Kubo in their semi-final on Tuesday night, and they will face Forest Hill Park on Saturday. Uh, and just finally on this, plenty of clubs up and down the country not best pleased with their league allocations for next season. And that includes Tooting Beck, who are nowhere near Kent, but they have appealed after being placed in the scaffold Division 1 uh, for next season. Having previously said they wouldn't appeal, uh, they have now decided that they're going to say, you know, we'd like you to, to look at this again. And, and obviously, Matt, you weren't here last week, but uh, what are your thoughts on the fact that Chessington Hook and uh, Tooting Beck are among the teams that Lid Town will be playing in the league next season? Uh, I haven't really thought about it, John. I didn't listen to last week's show, but fair play to these clubs going through the... The thing is, so yeah, New Hyde was one of them, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah New Hyde got promoted. There's, there's no issues there, but the the big issue is obviously that uh, Chessington and Hook is quite some distance oh, from oh, from oh, Kent. Oh, yeah. oh, did, yeah, I did say that because Beckenham have been moved out, haven't they? Yeah, Beckenham have been moved over to the Combined Counties League. So why why are Chessington and Hook in our in that then? Because of the they need clubs that stick to fill in at step six they, there's not enough spaces at step six so they've gone down the step six division somewhere i think and that's the problem that it's caused and and you know there are a lot of teams i see ollie bayless tweeting and putting on facebook a lot of teams up and down the country yeah. wanting to move and you can understand why i mean there's obviously some decisions that have made perfect sense but plenty that have made none at all and and moving those three london clubs into the scaffold is is, is not one of them yeah, that does seem very strange. Yeah, um, but well, are they happy with it? This Chessington and Hook. I haven't heard from Chessington and Hook, but I know Tooting Beck have appealed because yeah, it's yeah. going to cost cost them so much more money to have all this travelling. Yeah, there must be ways of doing it. So yeah, yeah. there you go. Absolutely. Our second interview for this week then comes from Matt Stover Athletic, where there's a new role for journalist turned kitman Richard Harvey. Uh, Matt caught up with him earlier this week to find out all about it. Well. 
John seems to think that I'm Mr. Dover Athletic, but on the line now, we probably have the man who is Mr. Dover Athletic, who's had numerous roles since he came over to uh, Dover. So nice to hear you on the show, Richard Harvey. Richard, first of all, you've been press man, kit man, and now you're working in the behind the scenes with the sponsorship of the club. Just tell us, a man from Australia, what are you doing in the, the Garden of England? It's, it's amazing, really, Matt, isn't it? What a, what a journey it's been. And, of course, you've been with me uh, along um, most of that journey because you knew me as uh, when I first started covering Dover uh, for the Kent Messenger um, all those years ago. And, on, and I've gone from there to... It's actually a really fa- funny story because I came over to England um, to coach cricket <laughs> and and then I get made redundant from uh, cricket. But um, I've always been there for Dover. Um, it's very interesting. Um, as you know, um, I, I became good friends with Chris and Jake, uh, the previous management team. And then when I was actually back in Australia on, on holiday, um, they phoned me up and said, Robin Hasty, the old kit man, had left. Um, would I like to take over so I took on that role as well um so no it's been a really interesting journey um but I've loved every minute to be honest and Dover as a club have really taken me um into their heart sort of thing and like the fans and the players and the management and the chairman and uh, I just appreciate um what I'm doing now because you really do see a lot of work behind the scenes a lot of people don't realize what what goes on you know my new title is sponsor relations manager but that covers a whole variety of 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 tasks and it's one which is um really exciting at the moment been given a sort of a free reign to sort of get on with and do some stuff which i really appreciate and hopefully we can make that link between the fans the sponsors and and the club as one and really unite because it's a, a tough time coming up well, come on to that role in a minute. Kit man, yeah. you know, if everybody thinks, oh, you get the kit out, that's all you do. But you're sort of the <laughs> the link between the players and the management. You know, if the players that... can't speak to the manager, they might speak to you and have a bit of a gripe oh, as well. So oh, it's quite, oh, yeah. you know, it's it's quite an important role at a club, isn't it? Oh, it is, yeah. And a lot of people think, you know, that's it. You just, you just wash the kit and put it out. But there's a lot more to it, you know, because obviously we... You know, I set up drills before games. I, I go to the away games. I drive the van to away games. You know, I get everything out and ready for them. Yeah, sure. But I also do a, a lot of other stuff because, as you say, like some players have different habits. You know, like, like when Kevin Locker was here, he always used to come down to the kit room and have a coffee before the game. That was his sort of ritual. A lot of players take time to come out and have a chat to you. They relax a bit. And um, But it is. It's, it's an interesting thing because, as you say, you hear a lot of things in the changing room, but you've got to be very careful because you're in between, um, you know, the players and the management. Like, you know, so you can't be seen to taking sides and you've got to be a neutral, you know, and I, I listen with one ear and, you know, I, I, I'm a friend for them, basically. So, yeah, it's good for the players and, and great for the management. Yeah. How difficult is it being, particularly this season as well, when people will probably come to you, are we playing, etc., like that as well? How difficult has it been for you, working at the club you know finishing the season and with the Covid issues oh, it's been extremely hard because like as, as I say like um, before before it all all sort of uh, kicked off in our, our last game you know all the kit was packed and van was packed and we had a game called off at um, Halifax because of snow frozen pitch and I thought oh no that'll be alright that'll be ready for um, the game next week you know take it out and air it all but then Covid hit and um 
our season we're we're all hit and we put it on furlough and that that was the end of it and of course you know everybody was still on furlough and the staff in the office are, are still on furlough but it, it has been hard and i found it i think what i found really hard this year to be honest matt is that going to games traveling away to games and everything is so not weird as it is it's just like it, it's like everything was played in silence sort of thing it, it could have been like a training session at some of these games you know because the intensity you know and the feel you get from the crowd just wasn't there and it and it was very hard it was hard for the players to to motivate themselves because you know you, you thrive on the buzz you know you need the crowd behind you giving you a bit of jip and and so forth uh, but it just wasn't there but it has been extremely hard you know because there's so many measures the club have had to put in place the national league have had to put in place and you have to abide by them it's you know it's all in um, very very hard probably the hardest thing I've been involved in yeah get over this season you know it's the national league finishes this weekend I presume mm. that the appeal for Dover with their £40,000 fine and the 12 points deduction is likely to be seen through. But moving forward, you know, there seems to be that things are in place. I know they're looking for trialists, getting trialling games. Dover will start next season in the National League. Yeah, Dover will start. Um, as, as I said, um, the, the, the appeal's been heard next month, um, so we'll know. But we can't afford to sit back and rest on our laurels and think you know what might be we've just got to get on and um and start working towards um next season that's that's what we've got to do we can't wait for any any longer we can't sort of prepare as though we're not going to be doing it so everything's full steam ahead behind the scenes yeah and in that goes to your new role as uh, you mentioned uh, earlier so that means is it getting you out into the community and the local businesses and trying to support that and Use the yeah. use the sort of factor that Dover might be against the odds next season, trying to mm. get everybody to come together. Yeah, exactly, Matt. And we and we got a lot of support. Like I've only been doing it for just over a week now, and the support um, from businesses has been fantastic. You know, everyone's keen to help and get invo- involved, no matter how uh, little or large their own personal budgets are. You know, they want to get involved and help, and I, I'm really encouraged by that. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think you know we've seen a lot of community clubs, in, particularly in Kent, have done such good work over the pandemic, and now it's probably Dover's chance to get involved and bring that. You know, some people would have said that maybe the community and the club had drifted apart a bit. Is to try and bring that back together. Exactly, and I always look at uh, what happened uh, with Lincoln City. I think I don't think you can beat what the Cowleys did when they went in there. They really galvanised the, the the club and the and the and the city as one. And you know, you know, their sales went through the roof. I don't know if that could happen at the same sort of market at Dover, but I think it, it is. You know, we, we've got to be seen as, as one community, one club. And um, you know, as I say, the response has been great. You know, I've got a few things organised in the pipeline, like with a fundraising game against Hesse's Eleven. You know, it's all about opening up the facilities to. Um, to people, to the community, once it's safe to do so, and get on with it. Like the kids' camp we got with Hesse uh, next next week, um, that that sold out within a matter of hours. Like thirty kids uh, going to train with with Hesse. You know what a great opportunity for them. You know we're going to might you know depending on what the conditions are like, like get them through the 
change rooms, let them see what it's like and walk out onto the tunnel and imagine what they're like playing for Dover because they're our future because these are kids that are 14 to 16 and then we're going to have another one for a younger age group um, to follow. But all in all, finally, you, you, do you feel yourself a bit like me, a proud Doverian now behind the scenes and, <laughs> from that point of view? If you want to be tired of the same brush with me. Yeah, no, it, it is really because like it, you, you fall in love with a you know with what a club and what you do. You know, I as I say, I started out covering uh, Dover for you know the um, Dover Mercury, and I loved that job. And then sort of you know that that went by the wayside, and the club very you know they said to me, "Do you want to do the media for us?" And there was a chance to do that, and it's it's amazing. I, I, I love doing all the roles I do for the club because you know the aim is you know to get Dover back up there and um, and help out. I never thought we'd ever have a question on this show about who is the biggest Mr. Dover. I mean, I thought that was some sort of bodybuilding contest <laughs> rather than a disappointing conversation about a football team. But Richard Harvey, uh, one of your own now. Yeah, it's it, it's great. Uh, you know, as you could hear from his accent, he's not from around these parts. So. Um... But he's come in, um, he's got a good role, you know, he's respected at the club from his various roles, kit man, sponsor man uh, and various things. So I think it's important that David can do something off the field to try and get that community feel back. Um, they've got to use what's going to be going against them next season, get people on board and get some more money in. And so David aren't in a situation again if they cannot play if, they, if, if, if COVID goes in. So, yeah, I think it's a really good appointment. I'm absolutely delighted for Richard. And, and I know he's beavering away behind the scenes. And I think um, it's a role that David needs for a long while. And he really, he knows the club inside out. So it's a perfect opportunity for him. I thought there were some interesting bits we said as well about being the link between the players and the management and, and how difficult that can be. But how some players, you should, you should like to go and have a, a, a couple with him before games. Yeah, yeah, he's quite an open character. I think he, he's got his sport background. I think he's cricketing. He, I think he used to open the batting with Jeff Marsh. I remember Jeff Marsh. So I think it's one of those roles where I think he's, he's been brought up in a sporting background. So I think you probably have to be a little bit thick skinned in those sort of situations or know how to work with people because, you know, footballers can be pretty, you know, you know, sometimes nice and sometimes awful. So you've got to, you know, weigh it up working with them, as he said there. You know, you've always got to be their friend as well and, and their confidant. So I think it, it's a good role for him. And I think he, he's a good communicator as well. And he can sell the club to businesses as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting as well. I was chatting about this with someone else actually last night about sponsorship and how difficult that that is going to be. Because surely a lot of people who would have put money into football clubs and just been happy to sponsor things... I'm pretty sure there'll be companies out there after the past year or so who, who have t- got to tighten their belts. And I think, unfortunately, football sponsorship is the sort of thing that could could cause some issues. Yeah, I, I think it's just the way how you can get it over. I think Dover have got to sort of sell us for them. And we, you know, we were in trouble or could go out of business if we didn't do it. And it's important for the town to have a football team and the people to be proud of. So that's, you know, it will be tough for certain clubs, people for businesses not doing you know, particularly well in the year they've had. So, but it's a challenge for Richard. We don't really have had anybody out there to go and do that sort of role, but I think he's the, he's the prime man to go and do it. Yes. Uh, moving on into the Isthmian League, Ramsgate. Uh, I'm just looking on their Twitter page now. Contract. Signing, just just signing players and players and players. I, I genuinely can't keep up, but some very, very impressive signings there. Callum Emptage, uh, Ashley Miller staying on. And, and and plenty of, of of good signings for Ramsgate. And we, we spoke to Matt Longhurst a few weeks ago, and he said, you know, I, I, 
yeah, I've got other things to do now as well, but I've got to get results on the pitch. And, and hopefully these players that he's bringing in, a lot of them look young and hungry and that's exactly what he wants, isn't it? Yeah. They're handing out contracts for, for, you know, I don't know, maybe that level, I'll be a little bit concerned, but they're playing players who've, you know, gone out of the league and want to get back into it. So, um, yeah, I think it's some decent signings. You know, from what you read their bios, they are going to be very good players for Ramsgate. But going, they're going to utilise the youth and maybe bring in players who are hungry to get back up the league. So, yeah, but, you know, handing out two-year contracts at that level, well, you know, you've got to be a little bit careful, I would have thought. Yeah, but it's it's. I think it's just real positive to be seeing all these people getting their names sorted and, and, and signed on. And, and as we were saying a little bit earlier on with Sheppey, you know, it's they're getting the chance to to work and, and start building together before pre-season even starts. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's so important that clubs are chomping at the bit to go and do this, to get players in, get themselves organised as well. So, yeah, I think um, I think Matt Longhurst knows what he's doing. He knows a player at this level. So, and if he's here for the long haul, which I think he probably is, the community work he's doing, they've got a, um, a chance of doing well. Yeah, I'll be looking out for him. I think they've, bring in some decent players, decent young players. It'll be interesting to see how they get on next season because, you know, we bigged them up a couple of years ago, didn't they? We thought we were going to do well. They started badly. So absolutely key they start well next season, early doors. Yes, Cray Wanderers have signed a goalkeeper in the form of Jack Turner, formerly of AFC Wimbledon, played alongside Danny Kedwell there, but he's signed from Slough Town. So that is a, a, a little bit of a coup. Adi Yusuf back at Folkestone as well. And Callum Davis and Phil O'Mara have also both signed on for the next season. So that's good news for them. Uh, and Faversham have signed Roman Campbell, uh, the former Ramsgate striker who started his career at Gillingham. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the picture, Matt, but uh, Faversham's new kit, I, I quite like that. It's very nice. That That's how a white and black kit should be done. I think it's very smart. Yeah, I did see that. It's the tame template that Eastleigh have, isn't it? The white, again... The whole band across the top. Yeah, I quite so, like yeah, it. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so again, got a new sponsor on board. Yeah, optimism again. It, it's it's good that all these clubs are clearly coming out of the, the hole we've been into and looking forward to see. It's going to be a long three months, I suppose, though, isn't it? That's the that's the only concern now that players will be desperately coming back to pre-season and then ready to kickstart the season. Yes, absolutely. But it's uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's good that people were, has got all, have got all that optimism in place and. By four months' time, some of that optimism will have been very, 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 very much misplaced. But we shall see how things pan out over the next, uh, well, four months, as I just said. And that's pretty much it for the football chat. We've we've kind of talked about stuff. Did, did you watch Innocent last week on ITV? No, I've, I've been going to bed at nine o'clock because the wife oh. keeps falling asleep. So we haven't really been, I haven't watched anything on the telly. What did I watch? Thing? No, I haven't really watched. Uh, oh, it was very good, Innocent. It apart was very from my good. films. Yeah, my mum said about Innocent's worth watching. And yep. the pack, she said as well, was worth. Um, My mum keeps banging on about the pact, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, I. Um, but it, uh, course, we haven't watched that yet, but we've got it there. It will it, be soon, though. The time that with the Euros coming up, basically, all my I won't be watching anything because the, the football will be on twenty four seven. So um, I probably need to get some um, brownie points in by watching some of these programs because basically we'll be in separate rooms for about a month when the football starts. Absolutely. Well, I've I've got a list of the matches that I'll be covering in front of me uh, over the next uh, over the next month. Games. 
Uh, no, I have got the potential quarterfinal if we win the group and then win the round of 16. Uh, but I've all, I've got some some good and a couple of very indifferent games in the group stage, but it's going to be great fun. Uh, really, really looking forward to all of that. But obviously, before that, I've got the Europa League and the Champions League finals to deal with uh, this week. But yeah, not a lot going on. We're just absolutely shattered. So many people coming through the doors and, and our busy social calendar as well. There's, there's just so much going on. Where did you go and eat last week? What did you eat? Uh, we went to our friend's house on one night, uh, six of us, so that was nice. And then uh, we went to a Greek restaurant in in town on Thursday, so that was very nice as well. So busy yeah, in Eastbourne, is it? Yeah, it, very busy. Rubbish. Yeah, the weather's been naff, but it has been really busy, so that's a really good sign for for everyone along the front uh, who's been desperate to have people back. Um, before we go, uh, I'd also like to just say happy birthday to my dad for Monday and happy retirement to my dad also for Monday uh, as he does his final day at work uh, on Friday. He doesn't listen to this, he won't have got this far in, but uh, yep, time has come for him to uh, stop doing his long commutes and, and hang up his uh, I don't know what you hang up if you're a manager of a tall hard depot hang up his chainsaws uh, and He's look got forward to build a belt. Yes, his, his utility bill. That, yeah, 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 that's yeah, the yeah. word you're looking for. Uh, but yeah, so good luck to him uh, and I'll, I'll have seen good him. Good luck, Mr. Fitz. Anyway. Yes, yes, make the most yes, of it. Absolutely. We will look forward to uh, to what the future holds uh, f- for them both. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening to this week's show. You can find us on Twitter at Kent and L Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well. Search for Kent Only Podcast. I'm on Twitter at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to us this week. Thanks to our, both of our guests for their time. Uh, nice to chat to you both. And uh, we will speak to you all next week on the Kent Onney podcast. Good luck, Bromley. Glad to be back. Missed you, buddy. <laughs>